Hi there, this is Omar Crook, host of Living with a Genius. I want to personally thank you for your financial support. Your donation helps keep this show chugging right along, and I truly couldn't do it without you. As always, thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time. Here's Living with a Genius for September 22nd, 2020. George Gordon Byron was born on this day in 1788, London, England. He grew up in Aberdeen, Scotland and inherited his family's English title at the age of 10, becoming Baron Byron of Rochdale. Abandoned by his father at an early age and resentful of his mother, who he blamed for his being born with a deformed foot, Byron isolated himself during his youth and was deeply unhappy. His discontent followed him into adulthood when, as a teenager, Byron discovered that he was attracted to men as well as women, making him all the more reclusive and secretive. While at Trinity College, Cambridge, Byron collected and anonymously published his first volumes of poetry titled Fugitive Pieces in 1806. The volume contained miscellaneous poems, some of which were written when Byron was only 14. As a whole, the collection was considered obscene, in part because it ridiculed specific teachers by name, and in part because it contained frank, erotic verses. At the request of a friend, Byron recalled and burned all but four copies of the book, then immediately began compiling a revised version, though it was not published during his lifetime. The following year, Byron published a second collection, Hours of Idleness, which contained many of his early poems, as well as significant additions, including poems addressed to John Edelston, a younger boy whom Byron had befriended and deeply loved. By Byron's 20th birthday, he faced overwhelming debt. Though his second collection received an initially favorable response, a disturbingly negative review was printed in January of 1808, followed by even more scathing criticism a few months later. Publicly humiliated and with nowhere else to turn, Byron set out on a tour of the Mediterranean, traveling with a friend to Portugal, Spain, Albania, Turkey, and finally Athens, Greece. Enjoying his newfound freedom, Byron decided to stay in Greece after his friend returned to England, studying the language and working on a poem loosely based on his adventures. Inspired by the culture and climate around him, he later wrote to his sister, if I am a poet, the air of Greece has made me one. Byron returned to England in the summer of 1811, having completed the opening cantos of Child Harold's Pilgrimage, a poem which tells the story of a world-weary young man looking for meaning in the world. When the first two cantos were published in March of 1812, the expensive first printing sold out in three days. Byron reportedly said, I awoke one morning and found myself famous. His fame, however, was limited to the aristocratic intellectual class at a time when only cultivated people read and discussed literature. The significant rise in a middle-class reading public, and with it the dominance of the novel, was still a few years away. At the age of 24, Byron was invited to the homes of the most prestigious families and received hundreds of fan letters many of them asking for the remaining cantos of his great poem, which he eventually published in 1818. An outspoken politician in the House of Lords, Byron used his popularity for public good, 
speaking in favor of workers' rights and social reform. He also continued to publish romantic tales in verse. His personal life, however, remained rocky. He was married and divorced, his wife Anne Isabella Milbank having accused him of everything from incest to sodomy. A number of love affairs also followed, including one with Claire Claremont, the poet Percy Bysshe Shelley's sister-in-law. By 1816, Byron was afraid for his life, warned that a crowd might lynch him if he were seen in public. Compounded by crippling debt, Byron was finally forced to flee England, settling in Italy to begin writing his masterpiece, Don Juan, an epic satire novel in verse loosely based on a legendary hero. He also spent much of his time engaged in the Greek fight for independence and planned to join a battle against a Turkish-held fortress, but he fell ill and became increasingly sick with persistent colds and fevers. Byron died on April 19th of 1824 at the age of 36. Don Juan was yet to be finished, although 17 cantos had been written. A memoir, which also hadn't been published, was burned by Byron's friends who were either afraid of being implicated in scandal or protective of his reputation. Today, Byron's Don Juan is considered one of the greatest long poems in English written since John Milton's Paradise Lost. The Byronic hero, characterized by passion, talent, and rebellion, pervades Byron's work and greatly influenced the work of later Romantic poets. I, like just about everyone else with a Romantic bent, have read and appreciated Byron's work. As an erstwhile fan of Ken Russell films, I love Gabriel Byrne's portrayal of Byron in the film Gothic, a Russell cult classic that dramatizes the bizarre night of debauchery between Byron and the Shelleys, which, in the film, leads to Mary Shelley's imagining of her infamous Frankenstein. But I have to confess, my real soft spot for Byron was his famous love for a dog, his loyal Newfoundland bosun, and the beautiful poem attached to his memory. Epitaph to a Dog was written in 1808 in honor of his loyal companion who had just died of rabies. When Boson contracted the disease, Byron reportedly nursed him without any fear of becoming bitten and infected. The poem is inscribed on Boson's tomb, which is larger than Byron's, at Newstead Abbey on Byron's estate. Despite having lost our family dog, Samson, almost two years ago now, I still won't be able to get through a reading for you. But if you're a dog person, take a minute to look it up. It's well worth your time. For now, I'll try and at least get through the poem's introduction written by his friend John Hobhouse. It also does a very good job of hinting at the beauty of Byron's soulful love letter to his faithful bosun. Near this spot are deposited the remains of one who possessed beauty without vanity, strength without insolence, courage without ferocity, and all the virtues of man without his vices. The praise which would be unmeaning flattery if inscribed over human ashes is but a just tribute to the memory of Boson, a dog. Thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, 
and until next time.